Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. Uh, after a, a spring break hiatus, we are back for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down District 4 activities uh, most weeks in, most weeks out here in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey. We are joined today by Guido and Speech Boy, Scott Burton. What's up, Scott? <laughs> Hey, what's going on there, Brandon? It seems like it's uh, been a while since we've been together. We took a couple weeks off. Yes, uh, we took a week off in between uh, the kind of the winter sports to spring sports transition. And then I didn't even realize this, but the following week was spring break for just about everybody. So uh, nobody was around <laughs> to talk. Really? So no. no, including myself, we would have been shooting uh, in Vegas over spring break. So yeah, that's just- where Guido comes in. Uh huh. So I went uh, went down to Vegas over spring break, and uh, caught some March Madness down there, and uh, was right there for that UCLA Gonzaga grilling game. Uh, amazing, and uh, you know, stayed uh, down there for about uh, four or five nights and just tore up Vegas, or Vegas tore me up. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's it, you know, tomato tomato. Whatever. But right. uh, I, I kept their lights on. I kept the MGM Grand lights on for them by playing at the 21 table. And that was fun. And so there's Guido, you know. Um, but then I come right back and I'm speech boy now because I have taken over um, coaching our speech team. Um, our one, you know, the one you know about, the one I keep telling you about. And our competition for district is Saturday. And our shirts are in. And so. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? So, okay. So here's a question. So if you're watching this video on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, you saw the shirt that Scott just held up. If you're listening to this audio only at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcast, it's kind of a black t-shirt with kind of teal blue uh, logo lettering. It says Timberwolves though. Let, let me ask you about that. Cause yeah. you Jerome Tigers for everything else. Why is it the Timberwolves for the speech team? Well, it, it's it's really a funny story too because um, back when I when I took over coaching the speech program at Jerome in 1998, um, I, I I saw you shudder there for a minute, Brandon. That was a long time ago. What? No. Uh, okay, you want to know why I'm shuddering? Okay, uh, as as we are qu- quick aside, and then you can tell your story. As we are recording this, it is Thursday, March 30th, opening day for Major League Baseball. And everyone knows Scott and I are diehard baseball fans. I'm wearing my Boston Red Sox shirt. Uh, the Red Sox are playing right now, Scott. They gave up a solo home run in the top of the first, but they've already gotten the run back in the bottom of the first. So it's already one to one. And, and the roller coaster ride begins. <laughs> you are going to be a half participant during this broadcast. Pretty much, yes. You're going to see me glance over to my other screen numerous times here. So well, I can say whatever I want and, and just kind of bag on you, throw you under the bus, and you're just going to nod and smile. Basically, that's what's going to happen, right? And that's how it is most shows, anyways. But uh, <laughs> yes, especially true today. So, anyway, back to that story about the, the Timberwolves. Um, when I took over in '98, uh, it, I, we were kind of, I was getting my feet wet, trying to figure out kind of how I wanted to run the program. Um, and something started to emerge right around 2002, I think it was 2001. Anyway, a, a group of 
boys that were on the speech team. They were football players and student body officers and whatever. They were the leaders of the school. Um, made a fake gang, right? And just to mock real gangs because you know they thought they were dumb. They are dumb. And so to mock it, they set up a, a fake gang and they called themselves the Timberwolves. And they came up with a color. And since all stupid gangs gravitate to a color, they came up with teal and little slogans called uh, men of teal and uh, get rich or get rich, you know, and a handshake and the whole nine yards. And, and all of a sudden it just caught fire. Right. And so it, it became the speech team, the Timberwolves, but you have to be, I don't, I don't want to say initiated into it, or, or jumped into it, nothing, nothing like that. Okay, but you have to go through a, a, a rite of passage that developed as well, and then once you kind of go through that, then all of a sudden you get your your teal bandana, you get the secret handshake, you get all, the, and this is completely out of my control. I don't do any of this, you know. So once it took off in the mid two thousands, these kids, man, they just jumped all over it, and it became kind of a, a really strong close group of kids and that is and, and it's always stayed you know and little things have always popped up they've, they've written bylaws they've written this and that and everything else and and it has been a very very cool thing and so when when COVID hit and <clears throat> I got out of the speech gig and went into administration I, I you know kind of abandoned that that whole speech team you know so we, we missed the year of competition in COVID in 2020 in 2021, we were all still panicking, and so we did everything online, including, you know, speech competitions, which was a, a complete disaster. Um, and then the next year, they went back face to face. But by this time, you have gone really two years with these kids and these programs never really speaking in front of live audiences. And then, you know, you factor in graduation rate, teams are just absolutely decimated. And so... I, I looked at that after that first year back and like, you know what, I, I can't, I can't leave a program like this, you know? So I decided to come back this year and try to rebuild it because coming out of that, that veil of COVID, holy crap, it is like starting over. And at, at that particular time before COVID, Jerome was at the top of the mountain uh, in speech and, and you know that, but coming out of it, it's like, we're trying to teach all these brand new kids what tradition was like back in the before times. Right. So that's why I'm back. That's why I'm speech boy. Competition is this Saturday. I like it. The men of teal got it started. And on the subject of other colors, we are still in the winter blues, Scott, that's going to be the overarching theme of today's podcast is the weather. And I, I hate, talking about the weather they say the number one rule in talk radio or a talk show or whatever is don't talk about the weather people don't care about the weather enough but it is really having an impact on the spring sports season to the fact to the point where some teams still haven't even gotten off the ground yet no no this, this has been the most bizarre uh third winter or <laughs> wait, wait i don't know we, we haven't even had first spring yet I mean, Idaho's got 12 seasons. And normally by this time, if this kind of weather happens, it's the third winter because we've already had two springs. You know what I'm saying? So 
But this has just been absolutely insane. The amount of snow and moisture and cold and wind has been miserable. And, you know, one of the most of the time in the spring, what happens is the teams from the east are buried and they come down to the Magic Valley to play. You know, whether it's tennis, whether it's softball or, you know, baseball, doesn't matter. I mean, they come here. Well, we can't even play. And that is brand new for us. So you've got Eastern Idaho is still buried. Um, you've got the Wood River Valley who is buried in snow. And we'll talk about that and show that in a minute. Um, and then you've got the Magic Valley, which is, is really trying to maintain the moisture that keeps hitting their field. And then we've got like 40 mile an hour winds that is, I mean, it, it is just unbearable. So we can't do anything. Uh, in fact, one baseball team played their first game last night, I think it was. You know, and so we've got Eastern Idaho and the Magic Valley just can't get anything going right now. And Boise Valley, yes, they're off and playing. They're they're not in the conditions of the banana belt that they're used to, but at least they're playing. You know, so when all of these things happen, rescheduling becomes a nightmare because you only have so many days, right? And just like basketball and football, you play your non-conference first to try to figure out your team and, and what you need to do. And then, then you jump into conference with some games under your belt. That is not happening because all of these non-conference games because of the weather are just getting canceled and we can't reschedule them. And even if we do reschedule them, we don't, when, when are we going to do it? You know, and it's just a nightmare. And so a lot of these teams are just hitting the ground running, playing their conference games. I'm talking softball and baseball, really uh, tennis too right into the conference, you know, and how does that play out for, for state later on? I don't know. That might have something to do with how seasoned a team is going into a state tournament because you're going to be playing about half of a season right now. And so this has been absolutely bizarre. Yeah. We have a couple of teams over here in East Idaho that still haven't played a game yet, baseball and softball. I learned yesterday uh, we were recording the East Idaho prep cast. Sean Kane is our co-host for that one. He is uh, also the tennis coach at Century High School in Pocatello. Uh, until yesterday, Scott, he had more matches than practices because <laughs> you can't go out and practice. Yeah, yeah and, that's, and that's the thing. And, and look at what this is doing to, to our athletes. I mean, we talk about you know, not being able to play games. Well, they're not being able to practice either. I mean, this isn't just something that, okay, we're not going to play a game. They can't even get on the fields, right? So you've got these, these softball teams, baseball teams trying to, to hit off of, you know, wiffle ball tees in the gym, you know, or they're, they're pitching in the gym or they're, you know, doing something like that. Tennis has got a little makeshift net in the ox gym and they're just like bouncing back. It's like, really, what is that doing for you? And then you've got the track athletes that are running stair laps and running around the hallways and the schools and just trying to stay in shape because, you know, they can't really get outside in a lot of places either. And, you know, um, like, well, let's Wood River, for example, you know, they're, they're buried in three feet of snow right now. And that's a conference, you know, opponent. And they haven't had one practice outside, not one. The first time any of their athletes got outside was when they came to our meet that we held um, March 16th, March 17th, uh, right in that area. I can't remember the date. But even then, that was a, a cold, windy day. 
And that's the first time that crew got outside. Now, now are you kind of increasing the likelihood for injuries because they're not quite conditioned through proper practice? I mean, there's a lot of things going on here when you talk about the weather. Yeah. And so we're going to kind of talk about each individual sport as we go today. And, but, but the weather will be the overarching theme as we d- dive into some specific Magic Valley stories. I want to start with softball, where uh, one of the teams that's been able to get in a couple of contests is Kimberly. Um, Kimberly has uh, uh, Coach John Cook leading the way this year. The Bulldogs are off to a 5-0 and start, Scott. They are 1-0 in conference play. Their, their league win came uh, in a 6 nothing shutout against Filer. And in that particular contest, Mallory Kelsey pitched one heck of a game in the circle for the Bulldogs. Yeah, she did. I mean, it was a, a big no-no, you know, and it was uh, quite a performance from her. But, you know, when you talk to Coach Cook and you talked about you talk to people that know her, you know, they all say pretty much the same thing. She is about as tough physically and mentally as you get. And if there's anybody that's going to perform at that level, it's going to be her because, you know, she's not afraid of the grind. You know, she's kind of welcomes it in a way, the challenge, the pressure. You see athletes buckle underneath that a lot. Uh, not this kid. You know, this is where she she thrives. You know, and the cool thing about what, you know, Mallory's able to do and what people say about her is they say that she's a great teammate. Now, how does that translate over to pitching? Well, if you're a great teammate and, and you're pitching, you're in the circle, you're on the bump or whatever it is, your defense is going to play a little harder for you because they respect you, you are good to them, and they will go out of their way to make a play for you. And, I, you know, I pitched in college, and, I, and that's true. It's so true because if you – have the buy-in of the guys behind you or the girls behind you, man, the plays that they're going to make on your behalf are incredible. And that comes from being a, a really good teammate. And that's one thing that everybody said uh, about, about Mallory. It was just, she was that much so good to work with. So she throws the no hitter in the process. She racks up 17 strikeouts. Yeah. That's I mean, in, yeah. in a, in a seven inning game, Scott, 17 strikeouts, you're only working with 21 outs total. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, talk about a dominating uh, performance, but you know, it wasn't a big surprise to anybody because she's the kid that, you know, she's sacrifices personal time to get better. And, you know, it's one of those things to where everybody wants to be great, but not everybody wants to do what it takes to be great. And there are some athletes that get it and um, she's definitely, definitely one of them. And, you know, and it's a fun team that she's on right now. Their energy is contagious. Uh, the coaches are just having a blast. Um, they, they're blasting music all the time, you know, anywhere from, you know, Disney soundtracks to hip hop um, and, you know, and coach trap and coach Hutch they're they love themselves some in, some in sync, you know? And so, don't think they have fun with that because they, they certainly do. Now, one thing about this Kimberly team too, is before their first game, they took grounders on dirt for 30 minutes um, right before their very first game of the year. That was the first time they were on dirt. So, I mean, yeah, it, the struggle's real, but congratulations to a, a fantastic outing uh, by Kelsey and her 17 strikeouts in the no, no. Yep. 
uh, and this was illegal last year, Scott, you'll remember that everybody just beat up on each other. Everybody finished like, you know, five and four in conference. It, it was something ridiculous. We're all four teams. We're all pretty good. Uh, Gooding's off to a six and two start. Filer is three and four, including 0 and two in league. So they're behind the eight ball just a little bit, but perennially they've been the, the strong program in this league. And then you got Buell and Buell's one of these teams. It's like, can we get a break with the weather here? They're, they're two and oh. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Isn't that something else? Because even uh, in, in the Magic Valley, there are pockets of junk that are not popping up in other places too. I mean, and then on top of that is the, the how is the field condition in some of these places too? Because, you know, we have a brand new softball field here and our coaching staff has just been amazing staying on top of it and keeping the moisture off and dragging it. And, um, but there's a lot of fields out there that don't have that and they're buried and they're not going to get out of it anytime soon. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on uh, the softball developments as they continue here, but uh, Gooding with eight games so far is kind of the leader and they, they got in that many games because they, they moved some games to Wendell, I believe. So you talked about these pockets where Gooding had bad weather Wendell's field was okay. They called Wendell and said, Hey, can we, can we come over and play some baseball and softball? Wendell said, sure. Um, so, you know, you got to get creative with the scheduling uh, for sure. Let's, let's talk about spring golf because it is something that's still going on. It's easy to forget because we had this split of golf now where 5A and 4A golf is in the fall, but your 3A and, and below is still in the spring. And so it's been interesting to see this kind of this experiment where, in the fall, the weather was great to start the year, and we kept waiting and waiting. Okay, is the weather going to be bad when it's time for state? And the weather held up for the most part. State tournaments across the state were played in really good conditions. Obviously, in the spring, you kind of go in knowing that it's probably going to be pretty crappy to start, but you're banking on, you know, in May, when it's time for state, you're going to have gorgeous weather to work with. Yeah, you know, and, and it's really unfortunate for the three A's and below this year to, to to have to deal with this. I mean, you know, when I was coaching golf back in the day, it was it was miserable. I mean, it was absolutely miserable. We got maybe the last district and state were, were decent weather, um, but there was many, many times to where we're out there in like, you know, 25 mile an hour winds, freezing conditions, um, but not to the point where there's still snow on the course and they can't get teams out there to play, you know, and unfortunately three A's and below, they can't play in the fall. You know, the, the participation numbers, it, it would kill their fall sports. They just, can't, they just can't carry that many sports in one season. The five A's and four A's, they're, they're able to absorb it and handle it. And boy, what a, a huge change that was for five and four A because they had great weather every match. You know, and they're coming in off of the summer. So you're getting those five A's and four A's at the peak of their game because they've been playing all summer, you know, and now you, you bring it back to the spring and these kids, they haven't played all winter and they're, they're out there in miserable conditions when they are able to play. And you're just not getting some very good golf and certainly not very fun golf. And so what's happening right now is you've got some of these smaller schools that are trying to play golf. They're just, you know, hitting off of, they're hitting wiffle balls off of mats in the gym. Um, you know, 
there's, I think uh, Gooding's got a, a scalp simulator. So at least they're getting some of those swings in, which, which is nice, but they're full schedule. Uh, they're not going to be competition. Or they, they're going to be not as competition ready when district and state roll around. No, I think everybody should take a a field trip over to uh, the Treasure Valley. Scott, I'm sure you saw this when you went over for state tournaments and stuff. Uh, Meridian, right outside Meridian, right off the interstate, they've got that brand new Top Golf facility. I think it's maybe a year old. So uh, everybody yeah. take a field trip over there. Let's do it. Yeah, no kidding. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, that's the closest to live golf that anybody would get is if they went to Top Golf, right? I mean, that tells you the state that we're in at the moment crazy yeah so we were able to get in a season opening uh golf meet it was at uh the country club in buell uh clear lakes uh wendell performed pretty well including uh boasting the top individual in carly lemoyne uh she had the best score male or female so what a start for carly lemoyne and the wendell golf program yeah no kidding i mean that's a little feather in her cap that I'm sure that she will remind her uh, male counterparts about. You know, I would. It's like, yeah, remember that time I whooped you? Yeah, I do too. <laughs> right. so, yeah, great. What's the score, Brandon? Uh, the <laughs> the Red Sox game or of the – Yeah. Yeah, they just went to uh break. It's still tied at one in the second. But I was I was looking up the info I had on my phone about this opening golf meet. That's why I keep looking down. I've got oh, it. Okay. I've got it on my phone. Uh, so, Dodgers, don't, Dodgers don't play till tonight. So yeah, you're good. Yeah, and I I flubbed up the name Tanley Lemoyne from Wendell. I was I I did uh so there's Carson Lemoyne who's a boys golfer for Wendell and there's Tanley and what I did is combined the two names in my head into Carly. So that was that was bad. So if that's the worst mistake you make, you're going to be just fine. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so Wendell hosted this meet at Clear Lakes Country Club in Buell. Uh, Tanley Lemoyne shot a 39 overall, lowest uh, on either side. And, and eight teams came together for this season opening competition. And that leads me to the other point about spring golf, Scott. It's going to be like the same eight teams kind of competing against each other all year just because there's there's no 4A, no 5A teams to compete against. You're going to see a lot of the same teams week in, week out. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's, again, unfortunate for these three A's and unders. And, well, you know what, the five A's and four A's, they dealt with the same thing, you know. But the cool thing about golf is that you you are able to play against five A's. I mean, if you've got a solid one A golfer, um, that it, the school size is not indicative of how good they are. Um, they would go to these five A tournaments. But now they they don't get that opportunity. So it is. They're seeing the same people over and over, um, which can get a little monotonous. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I think right now they'll play anybody if they can just get out and play. Yep. So so we'll keep an eye on uh, golf as the season, the spring season uh, progresses and and bring you some more golf coverage uh, down the line. And then we wanted to stop off and check in on track and field and what's been going on there. Some teams have yet to compete this year. Uh, some teams have been able to get a competition in, um, but man, it's kind of the same thing with the weather and, and track, especially because uh, you need to be able to have clean surfaces to run on and pits to jump into. And so uh, the weather just rearing its ugly head again. Oh, it, it's, it's horrible. I mean, you've got track teams that are dragging in their, their 
high jump mats so they can practice, but you can't like really store them in the school in a lot of places because there's no room to do that. Um, you're bringing in, uh, you can't bring the blocks in, you know, where, where are you going to put them? And I mean, vaulting, forget it. I mean, the, you're just not getting yourself ready for a, a successful track season. And, and, and like I said earlier, I mean, I'm, I'm curious as to what this does physically to, to the athletes. Cause I know the coaches are trying to replicate as much as they can indoors. Um, you know, trying to get to uh, lactic acid built up in the, in the muscles and that kind of thing by doing all the stair laps, but you can only simulate so much inside. It's just not the same. And then, you know, you, you take these athletes and you put them out there and it's freezing cold, which obviously ups the chance of injury as well. So, yeah, so you just have to be really, really careful in this little balancing act, you know, with things. So, um, you know, talking to people up north in, you know, Wood River and Cary, you know, Wood River's not going to get outside at all until the end of April. I mean, at the, at the earliest, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, you think about that up there when they are completely buried in snow, are they going to have any home matches or games or anything this year? I mean, that, that's a, that's a legitimate question because it's snowing right now, <laughs> you know, uh, and that, that does, a, that, that takes a toll on a program, you know, not to mention the financial aspect of it too, because, you know, athletic programs and athletic departments, their number one source of revenue is gate, you know, from games. And if you don't have anything bringing in revenue, then you're sending all of these teams away and it's costing money to do it, you know? So th- it's interesting how the dominoes start to fall when the weather starts to dictate, there's a lot to it. Yep. Uh, to give you an idea of what the Sun Valley is experiencing, Scott, you got a photo from Lee J. Cook, the athletic director at Cary High School. Um, and he sent a picture of what the track looks like here. Uh, I'm going to change the screen just for a second here. And then uh, I'm going to put this picture up on the screen for those that are watching on the video. And Scott, for those that are listening, audio only kind of narrate you know, what, what we see here in this picture. <laughs> this this is um, the track at Cary High School with a, a tunnel for survival uh, dug right there. You cannot get to the track. It, there is probably, gosh, would you say that's three feet of snow? Yeah. You know, and so there's a, a pathway shoveled out to get to the track, and that track just got cleared. I mean, they finally were able to use their Bobcat snowblower to remove snow on the track just last week, you know, so, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So when you look at this and we're supposed to be a month into a two and a half month schedule in spring sports, you're telling me that's going to disappear in two months. It, it, it's not. And that is what is happening uh, in Cary and in Wood River. And that's why I'm like, they may not even, have a, a home anything this year it's insane yeah teams are getting creative scott uh i will say for for track and field um here in eastern idaho where i live century was supposed to host a quad meet with rigby shelly and blackfoot 
but that's not going to happen here. We just got three inches of snow last night, Scott. Um, So Century proactively calls up Canyon Ridge and says, hey, you're not using your facility on Friday. Do you mind if we all come over and compete so we can at least do something? And Canyon Ridge was like, yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. So it's interesting. Yeah, you you do have to get really super creative because all those schools you just mentioned um, were supposed to come down to Jerome for the initial kickoff track meet that we always have. Well, that didn't happen, obviously. And so, yeah, they're scrambling. We're scrambling. And uh, the, the creativity and the cooperation that all these schools now have to have with one another is insane because, you know, we've got schools from the east that are traveling as far west now as Boise and they want to stop and at least get on some dirt. So we have some that are stopping here at Jerome to, to get on our field as we finally have that thing running now, but it's going to, I don't know what the state of it is now because it was snowing sideways when I came on the air moments ago and uh, the moisture we just can't take anymore. So yeah, I mean, we, when we are able to have teams, yeah, they're stopping here trying to find some dirt and it's just been bananas, but it's been, it's been interesting because all of us ADs and coaches, now we are just talking constantly, you know, and having conversations that we've never had to have before. You know, can we play on your surface? Is your surface okay? Uh, can we stop and practice? Uh, all of that kind of stuff. And it is, like you said, very creative right now. Definitely. One last track and field note, and then we'll we'll wrap up the show here. Uh, and by the way, uh, Marlo Herford wrote a great statewide track and field preview for the entire state of Idaho. It's on the homepage, idahosports.com. I wrote a statewide baseball and a statewide softball preview, kind of breaking down every league, every classification. That's right on the homepage at idahosports.com as well to kind of get you into spring sports mode. The, the big storyline in track and field uh, in the Magic Valley to me this year, Scott, is – Gatlin Bear, because he is a, a singular talent uh, on the football field, but also on the track to the point where Kimberly has been very competitive in 3A track the last couple of years, pushing Sugar Salem. Um, but now that Bear has transferred to Burley, Kimberly in one fell swoop has kind of gotten the wind taken out of their sails. And conversely, now Burley, just by having Bear transfer in, Burley all of a sudden is in the mix to come home with a trophy from state. Well, and that's the thing about track is you, you get a guy like Gatlin Bear who's going to score points in multiple events. No matter what he does, he's going to score for you. If you have one or two kids like that, sometimes that's all you need, you know. And so the the addition of him is, I mean, it just put Burley in the conversation for a trophy. You know, it put them in the running for a district title and perhaps a, a state trophy. But, you know, the one track meet that we did have here, uh, at Jerome that I was telling you about, Burley was here and I got to see Gatlin run. And I mean, it, it is something to watch. I mean, it, it truly, truly is. I mean, he is, you can't really describe how fast this kid is. And I mean, he, he ran the hundred and I, I don't even, you, you couldn't even put in the frame Gatlin and the rest of the field. I mean, that's how I mean, it wasn't even close, you know? And the thing about Burley is they've got a couple of other kids that can, that can run too, you know, and they've got a, a pretty solid distance crew. So that's, they were okay without Gatlin, but 
with him now, I keep your eye on Burley. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch as the season goes along. And, of course, Gatlin Bear picking up more and more football, uh, you know, offers uh, with each passing day. Scott, I believe three of the four teams that were in the college football playoff this past year, you know, the, the four teams that compete for the championship, three of the four have offered Gatlin Bear. Scott, can you tell me which school from that final four has not? Oof. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Um, As a reminder, I'll tell you who was in it. You had uh, Georgia, of course. Um, you had TCU, which which played for the national championship. You had Ohio State. And uh, who was the fourth team? Alabama, I think. No, Michigan. Oh, yeah, Michigan. That's right. So out of all of those, I would say the one that has not, I'm going to guess Ohio State. Correct. <laughs> maybe I joked about this on another podcast. Maybe Ohio State is still salty from losing out on Colston Loveland. Of course, he went to uh, to Michigan, and ah, oh, we're done with those Idaho Magic Valley kids. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and you think about it too. It's like you know, okay, TCU relatively close, so you know that might be something that gets on the radar. We already know that Michigan has got a connection there, and so that makes sense. Um, we know that the SCC actually came after Loveland as well. So Georgia makes sense. Um, Ohio State is the only one that really was kind of like, what's their what's their tie here? Um, and there, there you go. Yeah. And uh, like I know there's been other school, you know, Arkansas has reached out. Of course, Gatlin's brother, Jackson Bear, is a member of the Arkansas track mm-hmm. team. And, and that's the thing with Gatlin is wherever he goes – he, he could do both. He could do track and football. That's pretty common where they'll split up the scholarship. You know, half your scholarship comes from football. Half of it comes from track. There's creative ways you can work with that. And so it's going to be fascinating to see the recruiting process unfold for Gatlin Bear as well. Yeah, no question about it. And it's, it's a fun process too, knowing that you're going to have, you're, you're going to have options and the, the courting and, you know, the recruiting, the, all of that stuff is such a fun process for, you know, an athlete and, and their family um, because it's just an experience that not many ever get to have, you know, and especially around here, you, you don't hear about it a lot. So it is a big deal. So when Colston went through all that, you know, I mean, everybody was just kind of living vicariously through that experience, you know, through him and, and what uh, Cameron Anderson was doing for him and all that kind of stuff. Everybody was just on the edge of their seat, just, waiting for the next episode, you know? And so, yeah, it's a bigger deal, I think, here than it would be in some bigger city. And that's why it's so much fun. Yep. And we'll continue to monitor that and all of the other spring sports storylines. Uh, if if you are a coach or a fan or a player or a parent out there, and there's a story you want us to talk about here on the Magic Valley PrepCast, uh, feel free to reach out. Brandon at IdahoSports.com is the email address and, and send us what you want us to talk about. And, and there's a good chance we'll, we'll talk about it. So, sure. um, so yeah. I'm still working on that uh, strange superstition stuff that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, or three weeks ago, you know, so that will come eventually. So just yes. kind of put that on your radar. If you're listening, we are going to be looking for the strangest and weirdest superstitions that your team does, because we, we found a couple at state basketball that kind of got us thinking about this topic. You know, so 
be thinking about it if you're out there listening, because we're going to be reaching out to you. Yes, I, I can't wait uh, for our superstition uh, podcast to come as well. But yeah. uh, it's good to be back at it. We uh, we're we're not going to take any more weeks off. It'll be pretty steady here throughout the spring sports season. Now that we've kind of rested up from spring break, so thanks for tuning into the Magic Valley Prepcast, everybody. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.